Hello and welcome back to my podcast. You're listening to Lynette and this is Living with Disassociative Identity Disorder. Welcome back to my podcast. I am going to pretty much just do a brief update on what is going on with myself and my altars. Uh, So lately I have been in and out of switching and that has also caused me to not... Um, recognize the days and I haven't been posting because I have been dealing with a lot and um, my disassociative identity disorder has been bothering me a lot and um, so I have really been like in a mood and it has been it hasn't been good um I also wanted to pretty much just uh, read something that I found pretty interesting um, dealing with the diagnosis itself itself and um, this comes from the NAMI website on disassociative disorders and I wanted to just read a little bit about what they wrote and then um, talk about what it means to me and um, I'm not gonna read the entire thing I'm just gonna stop at the symptoms um, because it pretty much goes back into disassociative amnesia this is the uh, depersonalization disorder and the DID itself so I'm not going to go into all that. What I am going to do is, like I said, I'm going to stop at the symptoms. But I wanted to read this real quick because... And then I also wanted to read a little bit about the um, support. Uh, just in case you know you know someone who has DID or might suspect that they have DID. Ways that you can, can support them. And um, make things a little bit easier for them because it is a little, you know, disheartening to not be able to remember things and people don't necessarily believe you. So, on the first page of um, the Disassociative Disorders from the NAMI, it says that Disassociative Disorders are characteristic characterized by an involuntary escape from reality characterized or characterized I'm sorry by a disconnection between thought identity consciousness and memory people from all age groups and racial ethnic and social economic backgrounds can experience a disassociative disorder. It's estimated that 2% of people experience 
disassociative disorders with women being more likely than men to be diagnosed. Almost half of adults in the United States experience at least one depersonalization, derealization episode in their lives, with only 2% meeting the five the full criteria for chronic episodes. The symptoms of a disassociative disorder usually first develops as a response to a traumatic ex- uh, event such as abuse or military combat to keep those memories under control. Stressful situations can worsen symptoms and cause problems with functioning in everyday activities. However, the symptoms as a person experiences or experiences, yeah, <laughs> will depend on the type of disassociative disorder that a person has. Treatment for disassociative disorders often involve psychotherapy and medication. Though finding an effective treatment plan can be difficult, many people are able to live healthy and productive lives. Okay, so, and then it talks about the symptoms, and then it goes into the three types of DID, which I have already talked about. So, if you would like to listen to that again you can um it is available for your listening pleasure so when it comes to support the nami has a whole list and i'm I'm not gonna read the whole thing but i am going to pretty much just read a little bit of it um because it is very important that you do understand that there is ways that you can help People with disassociative identity disorder and disassociative disorders in general. So, they recommend keeping a journal because journaling is one way to help improve awareness. It can include writing or artwork of any part of the disassociate or disassociated self also learning mindfulness techniques that use the senses to guide oneself back to the present are useful and um, you are able to have like flashbacks feeling out of body or recalling memories that are too painful to cope with These can include things like touching a piece of cloth um, or fabric, sniffing something with a strong scent, or focusing on breathing slowly and deeply. Now, that's problematic for me because I don't always know that I actually um, have a switch, so it's kind of hard for me to 
use mindfulness techniques to bring myself back if I don't really know that I'm gone. (laughs) So, yeah. Also, the third one is letting altars emerge. And DID, planning for separate identities to come out in a safe place and time, allows them to have experiences you may have been denied in an abusive childhood. And so that part I 100% agree with because, um, as you all know, Aya and Ayana, we we communicate time to time and um we i do give up my fronting to allow them to front and take a look around and um when i'm out i might be able to you know quickly allow one of one or both of them to come out you know of course not at the same time because they're two different personalities but I do, you know, give them a chance to come out and be themselves. Sometimes I, you know, I can acknowledge and admit that I uh, don't necessarily need (laughs) for me to tell her to come out because she just do it anyway. So, um, but what... I realize about Aya is that she doesn't hide um, what she does from me anymore. She might not necessarily allow me to remember or I might actually feel too overwhelmed and might just close myself off and I, I have no idea how I do that so I don't know how to make it stop. Um, so yeah. But letting your altars emerge, or if you know someone who might be suffering with or struggling with DID, if if they let their altars come out, you have to acknowledge that altar. And you have to um, take it seriously because this is real. It's not fake. And I know a lot of people like to think that it's fake because it seems as if people are role-playing, especially if one of the altars is a child and you're an adult or um, one of your altars is non-human and you're an adult human. So it's difficult. It's, it's really difficult, but it's very important that you take it seriously, especially if you suspect that someone is disassociating and um, is or might be having DID. So, you know, it's very important that they get help, but it's also important that they have support. So I just wanted to um, help you know, hit on that real quick. There are programs and um, um, groups that you can join on Facebook. Um, If you know someone who might have DID or um, something similar in regards to the disassociative disorders, because there are three, there's not four, 
Um, multiple personality disorder is not one of them. Um, so, yeah. Because you don't disassociate with multiple personality disorder. So, um, but there are groups on Facebook. Um, so you can join some of those groups. And you can learn how you can be supportive um, to someone you know or you might think you know um, who is suffering from disassociative disorders. So, yeah, I wanted to just get that information out. And um, hopefully I'll be back again here shortly with another one. If not, I do appreciate you guys listening, and I hope you all are having a wonderful week. And if not, please do something to make that better, and I will be back again later. Have a great day.